Craig, Rainbow Radio. It's another wonderful Saturday morning here in Laguna Beach. Got lots to cover. Um, and I, I think the most interesting thing that's going on these days is the anticipation of June 15th. And why is that? It's because we're still on the proper tra- trajectory, which is a good thing, to be no restrictions by the 15th. It's, it's the way it looks. So we're all very, very hopeful in that regard. And, um, yeah, I, I'm very hopeful. <laughs> Let's see what the weather is forecast is here in the 10 day. Cause you know, after all, uh, and nothing is more important than uh, what the weather is. <laughs> oh, it's not going to come up. All right. Well, I'll have it to you for, I'll have it for you in a minute. Um, I want to thank our sponsor again, Mike Johnson, Compass Realty. Every week he's he's here and, and treats us to, um, well, he supports us. <laughs> we treat him to the news and commentary, and he supports us in that process, and we appreciate that. Um, what's going on here in Laguna Beach is that I, there's a lot of, I feel like I don't have any news that is earth-shattering because everyone is in this frenzy to plan events. You know, I know... Um, some things are going, I know that the fest, uh, festival of arts will be on this year. It is going to be back. And so is the sawdust festival. Um, so with those two things alone, uh, there's a lot going on in Laguna beach, which is (laughs) pretty phenomenal. Um, Laguna beach pride, which I'm the president of, we are still working on a September event. And we're still looking at uh, July, something in July, because, you know, after all, it's, uh, the 4th of July is in there, too. So we're in the planning stages. And as soon as I hear more, as soon as we get some things going, uh, we'll get the, the word out there and let you know. Um, I wanted to also talk to you about an organization that you might not be familiar with. It's called Club Q, and it's a part of uh, the Suzy Q here in Laguna Beach, which is the senior center. And twice a month, they have events, whether it's uh, the lately for the last six months, it's been uh, move, gay movie shorts, which is kind of fun because these are little short movies that people are very creative with, get a lot of awards, and they last maybe eight minutes to maybe 15 minutes each movie. And we have what happy hour and we watch these little movies and there's a lot of conversation that goes back and forth. And it's kind of fun. Everyone gets together once a week, uh, five o'clock on Fridays. So um, I want to promote that because um, the people that go are come there every week because they, they enjoy it. And that's a testament to that it is, uh, it is a lot of fun. So that is Club Q. How do you get to Club Q? Well, uh, go uh, search Club Q in, on Facebook and you can, uh, you can send a message there that, uh, um, or you can, uh, there's two ways you can do it. You can go to the website and you can leave a message and get on the mailing list so that you're alerted to the schedule, or you can go uh, to Facebook and, and do the same. Um, I know last year, um, prior pandemic, uh, Club Q had a lot of plan, planned events, uh, trips, road trips, day trips to LA, to the wine country, to the Getty or the Peterson Automotive Museum or LACMA or any of the other large events that go on regularly in Los Angeles or San Diego or, uh, well, we don't go to Palm Springs, but maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know. Well, we had all plans. We'd even hired a coach and had everything all lined out and we had to cancel it. So we're in the process of, of working that back around again as well. And, uh, it, you know, it's a chance if you've been isolated for a year and you want to get out and meet some people, maybe reacquaint yourself with some friends that haven't been, well, then uh, Club Q might be just the ticket for you. So I, I uh, suggest you, you check that out. Um, 
the Saturday market is going on. I think everything is, um, there are some restrictions with restaurants, yes, and um, public places, but if this is the 15th, 16th, 17th of April, so we have May, June, we have two months, 60 days, less than 60 days uh, until all the restrictions are lifted. And, um, and hopefully everyone gets in that period, gets their vaccinations and everyone uh, at that point, then we can probably not mask up as much as we, we have. Although I've had my vaccination and I mask up because I think it's the right thing to do. Um, I don't, if I, I could still spread it, I suppose if I, if I got it, but the, the um, chances are fairly remote, but anyway, I still do it because I think everyone should, and it's not a problem. That's just me. <laughs> so we're going to take a, uh, we're going to go right into a short music break, and I'm going to come back. I got to do some housekeeping. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> I wanna take a breath that's true I look to you and I see nothing I look to you to see the truth You live your life, you go in shadow You'll come apart and you'll go blind Some kind of night into your darkness Colors your eyes with what's not Never 
fade into you, uh, Kygo, or no, Bonjour. Bonjour. Yes. That's who that was. <laughs> well, okay. I have the weather forecast, and I'm, I, because I didn't have it before. I always think it's important. It was like 59 degrees on the way in. And what's it, what is it supposed to do today? It's supposed to be partly cloudy, precipitation 0%, humidity 63%, wind 14 miles per hour, the high 69. And then if we look into Sunday, it's supposed to be cloudy, um, 86 degrees. And Monday, 50, uh, Monday is sunny. And the rest of the week is just the same. It's kind of like today. It's cloudy in the morning and sunny in the afternoon. Because I planned a pool party for tomorrow, so it better be sunny. <laughs> it says it's cloudy here. Oh, uh, well, we'll just have to take it as it comes, I guess. Uh, so anyway, I let's get on to this day in history. I, I've had more people say that they find these very interesting. Um, well, you know, it, it makes you, it helps you with some perspective, you know. Uh, the perspective being that... Uh, Sometimes we forget where we are in our world and, and become uh, isolated, especially in a pandemic. <laughs> so it's nice to open the eyes up wide and see what's going on. Um, and like I, I've said before, and I'll repeat it again here, um, the last three years I've been looking at news on a global level from a, a news organization called Altura, and they uh, vet gay news all over the world and uh, post it on one website. So the sources are various other news organizations, but it all culminates into this one uh, organization, which is pretty thorough about everything. Uh, I don't, I don't, haven't seen anything they've missed. They're right on top of it. And if you click the um, international tab on it, it gives you the global news, which is what I like to hit uh, rather than just North America. Because uh, I think it is a smaller world than it was, certainly was not all that long ago. Uh, so with that, we're, we, um, let me get this. With that, uh, I will go right into April 17th, which is today, two days after tax. Although I was really worried I didn't do my taxes I forgot and realized, oh, it's the 17th. And someone said, no, there's a, an additional grace period of another month. So I'm not, sh I, that's hearsay and I'm repeating it. I'm repeating hearsay here. So, uh, but that's what I heard. So if anyone can verify that, please, please text me or uh, uh, send me a message somehow and um, yeah, or call or whatever. So on this day in history, April 17th uh, in history, in 1965, 10 gay and lesbian demonstrators picketed the White House. And that's 65. That's a while ago <laughs> in D.C. Uh, the first in a series of demonstrations uh, staged uh, that year by the East Coast homophile organization ECHO. So I, I have... <laughs> looking at this 10 people so that's the that's the humble beginnings in 1965 as as opposed to the aids quilt and tons of people in front of the washington monument thousands tens of thousands but it started in 1965 with just 10 people and echo the east coast homophile organization in 1976 the Lavender World's Fair, the first all-gay World's Fair. I see. I did not know that. I read this the other day, and I thought, oh, my good, featuring, and in quotes, a spectacular grandstand concert, special lesbian guest stars, the world's largest outdoor disco. That's one that inter interested me. The world's largest outdoor. That's what we should have here on Laguna Beach <laughs> for, for Pride Month. Uh, is scheduled to get underway at the Los Angeles County Fairgrounds. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the event was never completely materialized, and a near riot occurred when several thousand people, having paid seven dollars a ticket, showed up for a concert by the Pointer Sisters. Someone said to me, "Have you ever heard of the Pointer Sisters?" Well, of course, the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they actually did the soundtrack for Beverly Hills Cop, which is an old movie at, by today's standards anymore. But 
they did sing a couple songs in that. Anyway, um, let's see. They, they did not show up for the concert by the Pointer Sisters, only to be told that they would not appear, sadly. There is a YouTube video about it. You can go check it out if you'd like. In 2001, the Alaska Supreme Court dismissed Baruz versus Alaska. The lawsuit was filed by a same-sex couple seeking the rights uh, reversed to married couples, oh, reserved to married couples, despite the state constitutional ban on same-sex marriage. The court rules that the couple's claim of discrimination are not ripened under state law. So I saw that and thought, well, what, how do you ripen a law? <laughs> it sounds like they just, what are they? They take them out of the refrigerator and, and put them on top of the refrigerator where it's warm and they ripen up these laws. I know what they're saying. It's, there's, there's not enough activity around and not enough, um, I don't know, precedent set to really make a determination. But I think that's a cop out because it was all about being fair. And if you want to peel it back to that, like the onion, uh, you know, it, that's what it was all about. And I, I think ripening was kind of a, a weak step around because <laughs> we don't step around on that issue now anymore. Uh, and now we're moving on to April 18th. In 1965, following the previous day's protest in Washington, D.C., see, that was on the 17th to the 18th, still back in 1965, 29 ECHO, East Coast homophile organizations, demonstrated and picketed at, picketed at the United Nations in New York City. So they went from 10 to 29. What is that? It's a 300% increase. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, it's humble beginnings. Someone had to start, you know. In 1973, the Minnesota State House of Representatives voted 69 to 46 to retain the state's sodomy laws, which essentially makes it illegal to have sex, even consenting adults um, <clears throat> other than married uh, and in traditional sexual positions, supposedly. Anyway, I digress. That was 73. They upheld it. You know, and I, it's, uh, I think in the last five years, they've just, any of those sodomy laws have just kind of all been dissolved and taken away, which is a good thing. In 1976, uh, Michael Bennett's A Chorus Line sweeps the Tony Awards, winning nine in all, including one for Best Musical and one for Best Direction. <clears throat> that was a great win. And that's 76. Chorus Line's been around a few years. 76, 2000. 21. Mm. In 2011, just 10 years ago, Governor Jan, Arizona Governor Jan Brewer signs into law a bill that requires adoption agencies in the state to give primary consideration to adoptive placement with married man and woman. Oh, Jan, you're not, you didn't get my vote. Agencies may place a child with a legally single person if it is the child's best interest or if there's no other married couple applying for adoption, same-sex marriage is not legally recognized in Arizona. That was 2011. I believe it is now. All, all 50 states, actually. <clears throat> and on this day in history, on April 19th, in 1978, 1500, boy, we're getting big, 65 to 78, we're growing <laughs> leaps and bounds. Uh, gays, <clears throat> excuse me, and supporters rally on the step of the state capitol out in St. Paul, Minnesota, in support of the gay rights provisions in the city human rights ordinance. So now they're on the state level, and they're multiplying. You know, that's what gays do. They can't procreate, so they recruit and multiply with their agenda. <laughs> Boy, I'm really going off. <laughs> Well, every say, what's the gay agenda? You know, I, you know, there is no gay agenda. We're just being humans like everyone else. In 1989, in one of the Navy's worst peacetime tragedies, a gun turret explosion aboard the U.S. battleship Iowa kills 47 sailors while the ship is on a training, on training maneuvers in the Caribbean. It, in its initial investigation, the Navy attempts to blame the tragedy on a lone sailor. Gunner's mate... Clayton Hartwig, suggesting that he was despondent and suicidal over the end of a homosexual affair with another Iowa sailor, Kendall Truitt. Its report, however, 
the Navy later concludes that Hartwig may have been suicidal, but was not homosexual. Ultimately, investigators determined that the ultimate cause of the accident was inconclusive, that they were quick to point it at someone. Hmm. Okay, well, that's interesting. In 2000, Vermont approves the creation of same-sex unions, thus entitling gay couples to rights and benefits normally available to married couples. Good on you in Vermont. That's 21 years ago. Imagine that. My car's older than that. <laughs> no, wait, no, my car's newer than that. Sorry. Boy, that would be an old car. Moving on to April 20th on LGB, in LGBTQ history. In 1948, Alfred Kinsey. Everyone remembers Al Alfred Kinsey. He published lots of things about sexual behavior. So he publishes sexual behavior in the human male. And that's pretty progressive for 1940. They talked about things in the book, like I remember it was considered scandalous at the time. They even mentioned penis and, I don't know, uh, anatomy things, uh, all on a, you know, from a psychological and medical standpoint, certainly, and certainly appropriate, but certainly controversial. At the same time, in 1962, Illinois became the first state in the U.S. to decriminalize homosexual acts between two consenting adults in the privacy of their own homes. Yay on Illinois, 1962. <laughs> Can't get thrown in jail anymore in, in Illinois. That's great. <laughs> um, in 1977, the Nevada State Senate, meeting a mere 20 miles from the nearest legalized brothel and just across the street from the nearest casino. I know where they are in, in uh, Carson City. Yes, they are right across from this big casino. And uh, there is a brothel, Joe Conforti's brothels all over. Jackrabbit Ranch, they called it. They vote to retain criminal pen penalties one to six years in prison for homosexual acts between consenting adults. That's Nevada for you. And under new a new amendment prohibits the parole of anyone convicted of such acts unless it can be shown that he, oh, that they will not be a menace to the health, safety, and morals of others. Well, if that isn't subjective, uh, well, the, I, I lived in Nevada in 77 and worked in a casino in it's a much different place than it is now. Nevada has changed a great deal, I have to say, and, I, and, it's, and it's good. In 2001, the Chinese Society of Psychiatry declares homosexuality no longer an illness. The new Chinese classification and diagnostic criteria of mental disorders are removed, have removed homosexuality from its list of mental illnesses. Boy, and that's 2001. That's in China. Chinese Society of Psyche. That's, I mean, that's pretty early for, uh, it, it, it seemed like it was just the other day they decided it wasn't a mental illness. Now, remember, if you were in the 60s, certainly, certainly the 50s, and somewhat into the 70s, uh, your life was could be hell because you were immoral uh, in the eyes of the church. You had an illness in the eyes of the uh psychiatry and what you uh your proclivity for same-sex sex was illegal so you're you had a triple whammy uh and uh it's things have changed a lot fortunately i think we forget all too soon how fortunate we are and how things have changed now let's move on to oregon in 2004 what the heck are they up to <laughs> the oregon circuit court Judge Frank Bearden rules that the states must accept and register marriages of same-sex couples. Whoa, 2004. And he orders a temporary stop to issuing new licenses, but gives the Oregon, Oregon Legislative Assembly 90 days from the start of its next session to write a law that ensures identical rights for same-sex couples, which could happen through civil marriage or civil union. So... 2004, Judge Bearden, thank you, Judge Bearden, in 2005, in Oregon. In 2005, the Connecticut State Legislature approves a law to allow same-sex civil unions effective October 
2005. So things are shaken down there in the early 2000s, as, as we see. <laughs> Moving on to April 21st, we're going to get through this week if it kills me. Boy, what the heck happened? There's tons of stuff on April 21st. What? <laughs> Why? And then 22nd, there's only one thing that happened on this day in history. So, well, let's dive in. April 21st, 1966, heading way back, members of the Medicine Society stage a sip-in at the Julius Bar in Greenwich Village, where the New York Liquor Authority prohibits serving gay patrons in bars on the basis that homosexuals are disorderly. <laughs> So in 1966, you couldn't get a drink in New York served to you because if you were gay, because you would, you were disorderly if you were gay. Hmm. That's interesting. Boy, we've come a long ways. <laughs> Society President Dick uh, Lesich and other members announced their homosexuality and are immediately refused service. Following the sip-in, the Medicine Society will sue New York City Liquor Authority Although no laws were overturned, are overturned, the New York City Commission on Human Rights declares that homosexuals have the right to be served. Well, thank you uh, for the Medicine Society for your sip-in. <laughs> I think we should have a sip-in celebration when COVID is over with. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, we'll have a sip-in and be disorderly. <laughs> In 1980, Illinois Congressman John Anderson, who will shortly be running for president of the United States as an independent, publicly announces his support, support for federal gay rights legislation. If freedom under our Constitution is to have a real meaning, says Anderson, this legislation is a natural extension of one's individual rights. That's 1980. He's pretty progressive. Um, he didn't win the... Um, I remember John Anderson. I'm old. I'm sorry, folks, but I do remember these things. Some of them, not all of them. In 1980, moving on, the first wave of so-called Muriel boat lift brings a group of ragtag boats and other craft um, bearing hundreds of refugees from Cuba to the United States. By the time it's all over, a hundred. 101,000 Cubans, among them several thousand homosexuals, arrive in the U.S. in 1980. I don't remember that incident. I don't remember everything. In 1981, two gay men are arrested when a policeman spots them giving each other a brief goodbye kiss at the Fort Lauderdale airport. Oh, my God, that you should know better. That's Florida. They're all later convicted of creating a public nuisance and given proba probation. That's a good use of tax dollars in 1981. I, I'm, it has changed. Thank goodness it's changed. <laughs> but you people out there that didn't know this history need to know this history. It's, I think it, and, and be, be confident in being ourselves as we are entitled to be. Be confident. Actually, there was a movie we watched, a short movie called Confidence, which is um, not a bad deal. And moving on to 1985, fashion celebrity Rudy Grunrich, Reich, Grunrich, Grunrich, designer of the first topless swimsuit, oh, the Monokini, <laughs> and early founder of the Mattachine Society, oh, dies of cancer at the age of 22, 62, excuse me. 85. That's the AIDS era. Gotta wonder, despite the New York Times obituary claiming that he lived alone and that there were no survivors, Greenwich, in fact, had a lover of 31 years, Dr. Orsite Puccini. How about that? Didn't want to admit it in 85. You know, there was a whole generation, like Liberace. <laughs> I mean, like, Someone didn't know that perhaps he was gay, but he kept his secret to the end. Uh, that's just a cultural thing. You're born and when you're when you're born and you're illegal, mentally ill, and you're de depraved in the eyes of the church. Uh, that's what you do. You pretend. 
1990, nearly 200 students hold an anti-homosexual straight pride rally at the University of Massachusetts. A short time later, 10 of the demonstrators raid and disrupt an anthropology class watching the times of Harvey Milk. I wonder how many people showed up to that straight pride rally. 1990. Oh, my goodness. In 2005, <clears throat> in its home state of Washington, the Microsoft Corpor Corporation withdraws support for HB 1515 after pressure from local clergymen Ken Hutchinson. The bill would have made it illegal to fire an employee on sexual orientation. Hutchinson threatened the company with a nationwide boycott. So that's not very nice, Microsoft. I didn't know that. <laughs> Maybe Bill has changed his tune these days. I certainly hope. Someone's researched that for me. Boy, this today, I'm getting, I'm drawing more questions than answers. In 2011, Montana District Judge Jeffrey Sherlock rules against same-sex couples seeking to force the state to extend the benefits of marriage to them, finding that the state's constitutional ban on same-sex marriage and the separation of powers between the courts and the legislature prevents it. Uh, oh. So I'd like to know the rest of that story too. <laughs> okay. All right, where I, I I should I should get some answers on some of these before I present them. I suppose it would make it very interesting, much more interesting. Moving on to April twenty second, there's only one thing that happened on April twenty second in history, in LGBTQ history, and that is uh, in oh boy, we go way back, fifteen fifteen. Hmm. Uh, H, oh no, excuse me, that's 2005. Uh, I misread it. Boy, that's a big misread. 2005, uh, a bill which would have made it illegal to fire an employee based on sexual orientation is defeated in the Washington State Senate by a single vote. Two Democratic Party lawmakers joined all 23 Republican state senators to defeat the bill. So even some Democrats stepped across the, oh my. And on our last day of history, <laughs> I know some of you are probably going, oh, anyway, this is uh, April 23rd, which would be next Friday. So see, I go through a week and today's Saturday. So I go Saturday through Friday with all this day in history. Uh, and in 1967, the Student Homophile, Homophile League of Columbia University pickets and disrupts a panel of psychiatrists discussing homosexuality. Well, I hope we can only wonder what they were discussing. Maybe they were discussing making it no longer an illness. In that case, they should not disrupt it. They should show up. Hmm. In 1984, this is the last one, big drum roll, Secretary of Health and Human Services Margaret Heckler announces in a press conference that the probable cause of AIDS has been discovered. A transmissive virus that has been that has recently been isolated in the U.S. and French researchers. The era of safe sex begins for all sexually active individuals. So, um, wow, there is a um, there's been several documentaries done, um, well, certainly on AIDS, but there's a there's a new documentary on Studio 54 in New York. And there were two people that opened it. And one of them is alive and has been very quiet. Uh, the other one died of AIDS uh, during the AIDS scourge. Anyway, I bring it up because uh, it just was came out not all that long ago. I think it was like nine months ago, it was released. And it is very interesting, and it talks about the culture of the disco and the liberating attitudes that the Studio 54 had and the number of celebrities and the world, world, it shook up the world. It wasn't just New York. It was such a, such a phenomenon. It's, it's hard to imagine. But the gay culture was a huge part of it, too, because for that point, in New York, it was where you could go and be yourself and not be ridiculed. And yet it was a, 
it was a very fun, sophisticated, free, loving, kind of crazy in uh, atmosphere where Liz Taylor showed up, Andy Warhol, Michael Jackson. They actually have a, a, a cut of Michael Jackson in there. And Liza Minnelli, I, the list just goes on and on from presidents to foreign leaders to everything. All, all sorts of people attended it and supported it. It was an old studio with a stage, and um, they converted it. They leveled some of the floor, not all of it, and they kept the balcony, and they turned Studio 54, it's called, into a dance club. And it it really shook up the world because it was at a time when when attitudes were changing quickly, and then not all too long after that, then there was AIDS, but unfortunately, but they talk about it um, in Studio 54, just it, like two-thirds of the staff didn't show up for work and, and died. And it's, it's a horrible um, commentary on what happened during those times. But on the, on, the, on the positive side, it was really interesting to see how well I guess how supportive everyone was and how free it was and how liberating it was for a whole generation. And unfortunately the uh, AIDS set it back quite a ways because there's all the rhetoric, you know, it's a gay disease and it's punishment from the whole almighty and all that other stuff that, um, you know, it's like COVID. It makes no, it doesn't care who you are. <laughs> it doesn't care who you are. Anyway, we're going to go on and I'm going to play a uh, a song that's kind of from the era, uh, which was, was popular back then. And we're going to take a short music break. I'll be back with more news, which is current events and uh, which is actually can be a lot of fun. <laughs> Here we go. This uh, will take you back. I promise you. And don't be embarrassed. Get out of your chair. Chug that cup of coffee and dance. Do it.
Boy, if that didn't get you going, nothing will. <laughs> the hustle, big, big time. I, w I thought, well, I'd try and find Pointer Sisters on the sound system here at the studio. We don't have any Pointer Sisters. I I'm going to make it a point to bring some music from the Pointer Sisters because I think it's one of those artists that when you hear it, you go, oh, yeah, oh, the point. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, I I'm going to touch a, a subject here. It's a little sensitive and just forewarned um, because I think it's important and I think it's important to get a handle on what is going on with it. And it does speak to uh, the transsexuals and trans trans people that are, um, I think it reflects on it, helps you understand. For a long time, uh, nature versus nurture was the argument you know nature if you were born a male you would you would be a male and be happy being a male uh if you were born a female same thing you learned to be a female it was learned which is nurture um but we know now that there's a proclivity if you have an attraction to a particular sex or both in some cases that that's not something that you rewire, it's hardwired. And unfortunately, in the 60s, uh, the latter former was considered uh, the standard of the day. In other words, if you were born a female, you had female tendencies. And if you're born a male, you had male. Well, there were two young male twins uh, in the 60s. And there was a doctor who just who, who was making a career out of of this study. And um, to, to, I guess without getting too specific, they were both boys and they were both having uh, some problems with their um, anatomy <laughs> and going to the bathroom. And so they were going to do a circumcision on both of them to help them out. And what happened was one of the boys, uh, they were doing um, the surgery with electric electricity to, to cauterize it. And it was a disaster. And there was a lot of damage done. So the kids, the, the children were really very small. I don't know it was in the number of months that they'd been since they'd been born. And Dr. Um, Money is his name. Um, you can Google him and there's a big article about him in, uh, in uh, well, I want to say, what is that? Everyone quotes. Anyway, he's, um, there's a, a lot of stories about him. So a, as they grew up, the female, they decided that they were going to reassign one of the twin boys, a female, and modify him, uh, castrate him, and make him into a female, and he, everything would be wonderful. Well, there was something wrong. It, it just wasn't working for him. And he was growing up, he had, he struggled and struggled until his, four, he was 14, and was um, active, acted more male, and uh than female and he his mother felt horrible and she could see that what it was doing to him and she decided to tell him the truth uh, that he was born a male and so that helped but tragically it was years later that um, he still he didn't get over it he felt he'd been violated at a young age and the reassignment surgery was what was been had been done and it was kind of the standard if, if uh, hermaphrodite, if you were hermaphrodite and you had both sexes, so to speak, they usually would pick one and, and decide that's what you're going to be. And um, if their modifications were in order, then they would do that. Um, but they've discovered since that time that it is, is tragic. So now like conversion therapy being hailed as inappropriate and damaging this same surgery that's been going on for years is also, and there's countries where they're trying, they're trying to stop it. And uh, there's still belief that it's nurture versus nature uh, that you, and so Germany bans surgery for intersex, intersex infants. And I think that's great. I don't, I think the poor child went no choice, you know, it just doesn't seem fair. Um, so uh, that we'll probably hear more about this in the future, but it is an issue. And, and if you were born a boy and, and, but not quite there, but your chromosome said you were a boy, but they decide you should be a girl and they did a uh, reassignment surgery 
so these bo both these twins ultimately committed suicide tragically, and the mother felt horrible. The doctor released his book and still maintained, even after their suicide, that they that it was uh, nurture had made them, and that the suicide their suicides and their destructive behavior had nothing to do with what had happened to them as their in their childhood. And so, but that's been debunked. And unfortunately, I think the doctor's intentions were good, obviously, and the and the parents were were terribly concerned, and tried to do the right thing. The doctor spoke, from what I read, he spoke very well, very um, intelligently, very confidently, and they believed every word um, of it. And and uh, it turned out to be a tragic mistake, unfortunately. So this is going on in. Germany. Germany bans surgery on intersex infants. Last month, German lawmakers voted to ban unnecessary surgeries on babies born with intersex characteristics. The legislation was officially adopted on March 25th. While it makes Germany the uh, only third, only the third country to end these unnecessary procedures, intersex right organizations like the Organization of Intersexual International (OII) in Germany and OII Europe uh, want more. From them, it limits protection to children who are diagnosed or with an established disorder of sexual de of sex development, a diagnosis which, if changed, could leave children no longer included under the definition of that term, uh, of that term unprotected. About 1.7 of the children are diagnosed, diagnosed with intersex at birth uh, an umbrella category that can include variations in chromosomes, gonads, hormones, and other sexual characteristics that do not fit the typical medical establishment's definition of male or female. Between 2005 and 2016, 18, 1,871 children under the age of 10 were given feminizing or masculinizing surgery in Germany, according to the University of Bochum. These... Uh, these types of surgical interventions are often cosmetic and considered medically unnecessary by doctors. Most of these procedures are performed on infants who are too young to give consent, as intersex activists have pointed out. Advocates from the World Health Organization, the American Academy of Family Physicians, have argued against these surgeries in the past, citing the potential for long-term negative psychological effects, no kidding, including higher rates of suicide, depression, and anxiety among those reassigned at birth. So I think that's good news um, on the tale of some horrible news <laughs> that uh, historically that so many, so many, I guess, infants were subjected to. So, okay, I'm, I'm done with that. That was my, <laughs> let's be careful. Uh, um, now, this is interesting. In um, Polish, I don't know if you followed Poland, but they've become very active with, uh, they have the gay-free zones, and they have, and their legislature has been very alarmist, and I would, I would, in my own personal opinion, I've been told I can have an opinion here, propagandist information uh, about the gay community. Okay, after going free of LGBTQ, a Polish town pays the price. Oh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. No, <laughs> nothing worse than a woman's scorn. Anyway. Uh, when local councillors adopted a re resolution, I think councillors mean like city councilor, city councils, but adopted a resolution two years ago declaring that their small town in southeastern Poland free of LGBT. The mayor didn't see much harm in what appeared to be a symbolic and legally pointless gesture. Today, he's scrambling to contain the damage. What initially seemed cost-free, uh, a cost-free sop to conservatives in the rural and religiously devout Polish borderlands next to the Ukraine, the May 2019 decision has become a costly embarrassment for the town of Krasnik. It has jeopardized millions of dollars in foreign foreign funding, and Mayor Wilk said turned our town into a synonym for homophobia, hmm. which he insists was not accurate. A French town 
A French town last year severed a partnership with uh, Krasnik in protest. And Norway, from which the mayor had hoped to get $10 million starting this year to finance development projects, said in September that it would not give grants to any Polish town that declares itself free of LGBT. <laughs> Whoa, I want to thank the straight people that think it's not good to discriminate because if without them, we'd never get anywhere. <laughs> we, it goes on here, we have become Europe's laughing stock and it is the citizens, not the local politicians who've suffered most, lamented Dr. Wilk who is now lobbying councillors uh, from city council to repeal the resolution that put the town's 32,000 residents in the middle of a raucous debate over traditional and modern values. How about that? How about that? So this is Craig on Rainbow Radio, KXFM 104.7, Human Crafted Radio. Um, uh, and Rainbow Radio, which is, as you may have guessed, topic is more about rainbows than anything else <laughs> rainbows that represent many good things so um i just want to i gotta I, my time's up and i gotta give some time for ida may to come in here and get set up so she can start her program so i'm gonna have to say <coughs> say adios but if you have a comment or would like to uh, suggest an interview or someone uh, with has got a new book out or a, a new restaurant or a new something or other, they're in the community, I would love to have them here on the program and do an interview with them like I do occasionally with other um, book, with other movie makers and artists and such. So um, hopefully it, uh, um, I will have, uh, I have a guest I'm working on getting this next week and uh, if not, we'll do more of on this day in history, and we'll we'll solve all the problems of the world. Although they don't really get solved unless you have a bottle of wine in my book. But anyway, I I can't do that. I'm certainly not the station. But I've been known to have a bottle of wine at home once in a while and solve all the problems. It's something I learned from my mother. And if it's something you learn from your mother, you know it's got to be good. Anyway, shout out to Brian Rodriguez, Joey Mitzel, Lynn McAvoy. Um, Anyone else I'm missing? Harry Huggins, all my friends. Enjoy the day, and I'll see you. Well, well, I'll be back next week. Thank you.